My name is Alan Smithson. I'm your host for the XR for Business podcast, where we interview industry leaders who are either making or using immersive virtual, augmented, and mixed reality solutions for business. From marketing and sales, to logistics and training, to design and remote collaboration, learn how the world's largest organizations are implementing an XR for Business strategy and why you should too. Today's guest is Samuel Huber, founder and CEO of AdMix, the first ad tech platform for mixed reality, giving XR developers the best tools to monetize their content. AdMix is a platform that allows advertisers to place non-intrusive ads into VR and AR and gaming content. Their platform allows companies to filter hundreds of advertisers via their programmatic platform and start generating revenue within minutes. Previous to AdMix, Sam was part of the e-commerce platform Kout.io, social gambling app Betify, and the first binary trading game on the app store, Rogue Trader. AdMix is a venture-backed startup having raised $2.4 million. You can learn more about Samuel and AdMix by visiting their website, admix.in, A-D-M-I-X dot I-N. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. How are you? Good to be here. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's my absolute pleasure. For the people who, who don't know you, I, I know you're, you're very active on LinkedIn. For those of you who don't know me, you want to just you know, introduce yourself and introduce AdMix in your own words. Describe what your company does and what your service and platform does to serve businesses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I uh, started AdMix about two years ago now, uh, initially based in London. Now we have also an office in San Francisco. And uh, the whole idea that we realize is that there's so many great uh, immersive content being created, whether it's VR, AR, and this is really going to be the way that content is going to be consumed in the future, right? Whether it's for entertainment, you know, games, education, training, all of this stuff is going to be spatial content. And what we figured out is there's all this great content being created, but very little incentive for the creators or ways for them to actually monetize this content on the web if you create a website you can go to google and you get a tag and you can put ads and you know you can make a living out of it Um, but that's actually not what happens right now in vr uh, and ar either so i think over the next few years we're going to see a lot of paid apps migrated to free content that's generally the way things go and at that point these developers are going to look for a new business model and advertising is going to be it's going to play a massive part of it. Um, however, we, from the very beginning, our idea was to build a better future for advertising, not banners and pop-ups and annoying ads that would that are already terrible on the web and would be even worse in VR and AR. But instead, is creating an advertising model that really works for this immersive content. And so we're talking about product placement. It's how can brands be part of the experience, part of the creative process without intruding, but we're still generating great return for the, for the developers. And so that's really what we've built. It's, uh, it's a simple um, SDK that integrates with Unity. Uh, as a content creator, you can drag and drop product placement within your experience. We then connect that to a massive network of advertisers. So basically you create your app, Add AdMix and you can get gener- revenue generating in about three or four minutes. Um, and it's continuous, it's instant revenue. And uh, so far, the developers that we work with really, really like us. Uh, we have about 22 people now in the company, raised uh, over $2 million um, last year. And uh, we are um, expanding this year internationally as well. That's incredible. So 
you've gone, you know, here you are, you start a company two years ago, you figure out that ads are going to be a thing in immersive content. There's tons of content being made and content, you know, developers and, and uh, content providers are just not getting paid for the work they're doing. And so you created this platform to help them monetize that. So give us an example of, you know, one of the best ways that this has been used to date. There's a lot of really interesting ways. So, I mean, a, a very simple way is a game developer or game studio, a, a few people, uh, you know, that somehow got an app uh, that is very popular on uh, on the Google Daydream or, you know, mobile VR, basically. And uh, they were really struggling to, to make money with it because it's not an app that people would be willing to pay for. It's very entertaining, uh, but it's not something that, you know, you would, happily put your credit card to pay for. So uh, they tried actually to use normal, I would call them desktop or mobile ads, like a banner uh, at the bottom of your screen. But of course, it's not adapted to VR. So when you wear the headset, you see this banner that is, you know, kind of blurry at the bottom, right? So it, it kind of counts as an impression, but it's terrible. It's terrible impression. And then you have a video interstitial that interrupts your experience. It's obviously not VR, so you have to take the headset off. Anyway, so they were making some revenue like this, but their users were really pissed off. You could read the comments. It was like, you know, cool app, but too many ads, blah, blah, blah. And so we came in, we basically told them, look, you know, you guys are doing great, but we can actually get you ads that work for you, get ads that work for VR and AR. And uh, they use our plugin. Uh, one of their app was kind of a roller coaster, you know, a typical VR app. And um, with our plugin integrated with Unity, they were able to place ads alongside the track, but basically planting billboards that you know are part of the are part of the scenery, right? So you 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 go along this track, this um, this roller coaster, and sometimes you pass very fast next to a billboard if you don't want to look at it you don't look at it it's just like the real world it doesn't it doesn't take over the experience it doesn't look out of place um and yeah so you know it's uh, it's been going fantastic they they have a lot more users now users are a lot happier um and uh, you know just to give you a bit of a figure i mean this we're talking about a couple of guys uh they're making around forty thousand dollars a month uh, just using our solution and, you know, it's been completely changing their business and they've been releasing more apps, reinvesting that. And that's really what we're all about. It's about how do you give the creators uh, a reward for the great work so that they can reinvest and create more content. And that's what is fueling the whole ecosystem, right? Because more and more content and then they get rewarded even more and they can invest more and they can build better stuff. So that's really what, what we're all about. And seeing that from a small team uh, is just super exciting to to be able to empower people like that. I think that's really incredible. You know, forty thousand a month is is a phenomenal uh, amount of money for a small store. Uh, you know, uh, studio. That's yeah, fantastic. for sure. And you know, people say, "Oh, VR, you don't make money in VR." Well, there are ways. There are ways to do it, and we want to be the ones that create a great way to do it. So it's really about creating a great experience for the for the developers. Of course, you know, they make money, but at the end of the day, who we are prioritizing is the user. Right. We want users to be comfortable with what they see, because if they hate it, they obviously won't use it. So it's all about the user. It's all about creating a great experience. Um, and so this is why, you know, the type of ads that we are creating, uh, we think are, are really putting the users first because they are not they are not intrusive and they're really in line and relevant with, with the content. It's amazing. I think one of the, the things that, you know, immediately strikes me is that, you know, 
you're really kind of gaming or, or aiming this towards the developers. But let's say I'm, you know, I'm a marketer and I want to sell my products. Do you uh, do you take you know my products and then uh, put me in front of the right developers to kind of match that content, or is it more of a hands-off thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the way, so our whole solution is programmatic, right? And and just to explain very quickly what it means is programmatic basically is a way to automate uh, buying and selling of ads. So that kind of powers eighty percent of the web uh, nowadays. Before that, you know, if you wanted to get ads um, from a certain brand, you kind of had to ring the brand and then reach a deal. And, you know, it was very manual. Now you plug into platforms that are called demand side platforms or supply side platforms. And basically you make your inventory available there and then thousands of advertisers have access to it. That's kind of how it works at a very, very high level. So obviously it's super technical and there's thousands of these platforms, which we try to connect to as much as possible. But that's basically the idea. And so um, what we're doing is really focusing on the developer side. And so we're giving a SDK, this Unity plugin to our developers. They can create this inventory. They can say, I want to put a banner on this wall of my game. I want to place a video on this screen and I want to place a 3D product here. And it will trigger when this happens during my game, right? And so then these spaces get sold to our network of advertisers. So from the other side, the advertisers, who do not use our platform, but are connected to our partners, they do have access to all this targeting stuff. Just like on the web, you can say, I want to reach women between 30 and 40 who like these kind of things. You can do exactly the same because we connect to the same platform. The only difference is that we're giving them access to a new media, VR and AR, which happens to deliver better performance because the ads are less intrusive and actually people engage with them a lot more. So it's kind of a win-win-win situation for the users the developers, but also the advertisers. And that's really important because if the ads don't work, advertisers are going to spend less. So you really want the, you know, the three parties to benefit from it. Absolutely. Now, we've talked a lot about uh, kind of virtual reality content. What other types of content are you seeing um, an uptake? You know, are you seeing this type of thing with augmented reality as well or... Yeah, so, I mean, our solution is compatible with all of them because it's based in, on Unity and Unreal and basically on the on the game engine. Um, but we're kind of following the users. You know, advertising is all, about, uh, is all about numbers, right? You won't be successful as an advertising company uh, by targeting popular apps that don't have, you know, even like high name, big name apps that don't have that many users. So we found a lot more success in um, in mobile VR at the moment. That's where, you know, the biggest VR apps actually exist. Apps that can be consumed on the Daydream, on the uh, uh, Gear VR, even on the cardboard. Um, you know, some of them have literally have, you know, millions of users uh, passing through. And this is where we find a, a lot of our a lot of our market fit at the moment. Um, we're targeting also, of course, uh, premium VR, uh, but again, you know, we believe that premium content will always exist. People will always be happy to pay for like a AAA game. That's not really our target market. We want to target the long tail, the free stuff, uh, which actually represent you know over ninety percent of the content uh, that people are happy to use, but they want to use it for free. Uh, so that's really what what our target market is. We have a, a couple of other interesting use cases, um, a few AR, but, you know, AR apps. Uh, there's not that many AR apps that are used, on, you know, by the consumers like day to day. It's a lot of demos, a lot of cool stuff, but it's not, you know, you don't have the same kind of retention, the same kind of um, 
community, I would say, in terms of AR that there is in, in VR at the moment. Um, we also start to work with a location base, actually a really interesting project where, you know, everyone is trying to find additional revenue stream, new way to make money without charging the end user. And that's why advertising is so great is because, you know, you don't actually get to charge your user. Someone else is paying for it. And, uh, and I think that's why it's very attractive. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, you know, users aren't, um, aren't paying for it. And that's, that's fantastic. So users get better content, content developers get better uh, revenue streams and advertisers get more, uh, more targeted ads. It's, it sounds like win-win all the way around. Yeah. And the, the last part is I can't insist enough on it. It's very important that, you know, advertisers hate spam as much as you, right? Because for them, it's wasting money if you don't actually interact with the ad. So the more, the better the ad performs, the less ads they will be overall because advertisers won't need to do this kind of spray and pray type thing. Um, but they will focus on people who are actually interested about their product. So overall, if you want, it's kind of a paradox, but if you want to reduce the total number of ads, which everyone wants to do, I mean, I hate ads as much as the next guy, uh, but you need to do, you need to create ads that work better for the advertisers. And that's the way really to get, to get less ads because they will only be focused on reaching their core audience and therefore everyone else won't be bothered with ads that are irrelevant. It's interesting, you know, you, you say, you know, you don't like ads. It's funny that, you know, the Super Bowl, for example, this year, I didn't really watch the Super Bowl, but I found a website that showed all the commercials that were going to right. be shown in the Super Bowl. And I spent maybe an hour just watching all the commercials that were going to be on the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. The amount of production and, you know, talent that goes into these things is absolutely incredible. And it, it's no different than the amount of work that goes into making a game or an experience. And, right. you know, being able to, to add a can of Coke or, you know, a Coke ad. Uh, did you see the, um, the recent Burger King ad? Uh, the, the AR, the ad blocker, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was actually awesome because it's, it's an ad itself. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, we actually thought about, you know, internally doing something along those lines and we were thinking what is going to be the future of ad blockers and thinking that people would walk with their you know ar glasses and kind of everything would be blocked around them um just just that was just a fun idea but it was it was really fun to see what burger king actually did for those of you uh, listening who don't know burger king made an augmented reality app that if you pointed it at any of their competitors posters billboards or or signage it would burst into flames and then you could uh, get a free flame broiled whopper by by submitting that photo of you know the McDonald's ad in flames to their their Instagram or whatever it was. And I thought it was a really genius. That was play. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, really great. Yeah. They, they've got millions of they've given away I think uh, something like fifty thousand burgers or something. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this really ha- you know kind of because for me like the, this Burger King. Um, stunt is actually an ad, right? Because at the end, when the the competitor ad was being burnt, uh, their ad was appearing instead of it. Um, so for me, this really kind of shows the power of ads in immersive media. Um, I think that you know these kind of stunts that used to work super well in the real world, like experiential marketing, uh, that was limited to only the the audience that was on site 
right? And then after that, it was filmed and then maybe it would become a viral video somewhere else. But only a really small core of people got to experience this really awesome brand stunt brand uh, ex experience. But now with VR and AR, this is actually experiential marketing at scale because everyone can actually create this experience just by, you know, using this device uh, like the like the Burger King uh, experience. So it really helps, you know, kind of propagate this really awesome ideas that brands had, but were not what couldn't uh, actually push to the to to a large audience before. Uh, but now with VR and AR, they get the ability to enable people to actually uh, to actually do this stuff at scale and and interact with the brand in a completely new way. It's pretty amazing. I think one of the other brands that's done a really really good job at kind of harnessing. AR is Snapchat. Um, their, their camera first platform is really uh, kind of, well, I'll, I'll just put it out there. Snapchat is by far and away the biggest user of augmented reality in the world. And if you kind of look at it through the, the lens of what they're doing using the cameras and being able to put on, you know, Snapchat filters on your face. But if you turn the camera around, you can put things into, you know, into the space yeah, really amazing what they've done. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the LeBron James Nike mm -hmm. ad that they made. Yeah. They took a poster in a store. And when you open the Snapchat filter and pointed it at the poster, LeBron James came out of the poster and slam dunk a basketball yeah. in your real world. Like amazing use cases. And so does your platform uh, serve, you know, for things on Snapchat and Facebook and these other platforms as well? Uh, so these platforms are pretty close platforms. So at the moment, at least, uh, you know, if you want to advertise on Facebook, you have to go through their buying platform and they only care about Facebook. So it's very close ecosystem. And it's the same with Snapchat, at least at the moment. Uh, we don't know if eventually they would, you know, open the gates to other tools, other platforms. So we're not targeting those. What we are predominantly targeting, again, is, um, is you know, the indie developer that is making a game, that is making an app, and that is looking for ways to monetize. So our target is really not about pushing cool type of ads to big platforms, but it's really helping small developers to actually generate revenue. So it's kind of the opposite uh, idea where, you know, we really prioritize the small developers, um, like I said, that just want, to, uh, just want to make a living out of their awesome content. Well, I think there's definitely a need for that. You know, one of the things that I saw um, about a year ago, Unity was starting to kind of uh, look into this programmatic ad. Yeah, volume. yeah. Is that something, do you see that as a competitive thing or? Well, um, eventually, probably, you know, there'll be a lot of big companies and, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, obviously are going to try to monetize this new media that they've invested so much in the hardware and everything. Uh, but I think that, you know, we have a few years of lead you know, ahead of them, just because I guess the market might not be mature enough for them. Uh, they're still trying to sell hardware. You know, they, they don't want to sell ads in this new space uh, because, you know, advertising does have a, a negative uh, reputation, especially for those guys. So I think on that way, we have pretty strong, uh, strong angle uh, that we can play with. As far as Unity goes, we, we you know, very close to them. Um, that's what's exciting about this space is it's so early that everyone is kind of kind of want to try you know working with others as well. So um, so yeah, at the moment it's more of a of a friendly relationship. So you said that we're early in this technology, and it's interesting because uh, you know one of the other interviews that we did was with Steve Grubbs from Victory VR, and they've created two hundred and forty different education VR uh, experiences. 
for everything from science to, you know, dissecting a frog. And it seems like the appetite for this technology is, is really starting to open up. And, you know, I would have said a year ago that we weren't even started. It wasn't even beginning. So on a scale of, let's say, for example, um, where do you see us in a timeline? So if the beginning of, of this technology was in, say, let's say 2015, 2016, and mass you know, adoption is you know, X, where, where are we now and, and where do you think this is going? Well, I think, I mean, I have like really high hopes for the future. I, I really believe that at a high level, spatial computing is really the next interface, the next computing platform. You know, until now, um, all our information, everything we are doing on the screen is in two dimension and the real world is in 3D. And so that's a big limitation. And spatial computing is going to take us from 2D to 3D. That's for me the same as the way that the internet took us from offline to online. That's the same level of, you know, revolution in a way. And so I have complete faith that this is going to happen, you know, over the next, uh, I mean, completely happen, right, for everyone over the next decade, for sure. Uh, this is inevitable as far as I'm concerned that, you know, it's a natural evolution of media. We went from text to pictures to videos. The next step is obviously becoming part of the content itself. So there's a lot of science that pointed that direction. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, I think that we are at the very, very beginning, like probably, you know, less than 1% of the what the potential of VR and AR could be, which is very exciting because we already see a lot of activity right now in the space. Um, you know, just to give you an idea, we, we're measuring for us what's what really interesting about the adoption is, is um, how many people develop, build content for it, because these are the early adopters and they come before people actually get to consume this, this content. And we're seeing uh, over 400% increase in content being created every year. So that's four times more every year. Um, and, you know, the number of developers that are getting in the space is just, is just crazy. Um, and you can see that everyone loves these experiences. They just need maybe a bit more clarity as to why they need VR, what, what the value of VR and AR is for them, and also uh, make sure that the value that they get out of it outweighs the cost. That's the basic kind of, uh, you know, ratio that defines if you want to buy something or not, right? It's like the perceived value is higher than its cost. And I think for a lot of people, it's not right the case yet, but it's as more and more applications go out there, the hardware becomes cheaper. Uh, it's just a matter of time before this actually kicks on. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to put a clear timeline on it, but I think, um, you know, over the next few years, we're going to start to see wearables as well, like AR glasses, um, and eventually it's just going to really take over our existing displays. So with that horizon of, let's say, 10 years for ubiquity, uh, ubiquitous spatial computing within the next 10 years, so let's say, you know, 20, uh, 2028, let's say. Yeah. With that, what advice would you give somebody in any business, whether it be a Fortune 100 company or, you know, uh, your local store? What advice would you give these companies? Because one of the things that stood out to me at the at the uh, Microsoft HoloLens presentation at uh, WMC this year, uh, Mobile World Con Congress, one of the things that stood out to me was um, the fact that they mentioned that every company is now a technology company. So if that's the case, what advice would you give a company looking to learn and get started in, in virtual and augmented reality and in spatial computing? What, what advice would you give them right now? 
I think it's about, you know, paying attention to it early, right? We've seen that happen many times with people not paying attention to the internet, people not paying attention to mobile. And then in the 70s, 80s, people not thinking that there would be a computer on every desk, right? It's the same kind of thing. We are, again, approaching one of these revolution. Um, so I think it's really about starting to think, to come back to this idea, like, you know, the world is going to become 3D. Our information, our knowledge, the way we share data is going to be overlaid in our environment. We won't need that boundary, which is the screen between content and reality. Um, and so, you know, knowing that it, it really kind of changed the way you have to think about how your business could be transformed by, by this, right? Whether it's about finding a better way to train your employees, that is obvious, or, you know, different ways, better way to communicate by using uh, spatial computing. That's, I think it's, it's really trying to think, you know, if we didn't have screens, how can my workplace be transformed? And that's a big thing. And of course, it won't be from one day to another, we won't use screens anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Um, you know, we still listen to the radio and we still watch TV, right? We're, we've been saying that these medias are dead for years, but they're not. Uh, screens will still exist, but they won't be the ultimate way to consume content. Uh, spatial computing will be. And I think just trying to think about this transition from 2D to 3D is really the best way to start imagining, like, what can you do with this? How would you implement it in your business? So... With that, what are some of the challenges that you've seen businesses struggle with that uh, that you can kind of lend some advice? Uh, well, so we mostly target, uh, you know, consumer apps. Uh, we do have a couple of um, B2B clients as well. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, businesses are in the space are um, sometimes building really cool case studies or experiments that don't really have a proper use case. And again, it comes back to my uh, kind of idea that the, the problem, one of the limitations of VR right now, and that's totally normal because it's a new uh, industry, is the fact that most people are not clear about the value proposition and why they would need it beyond it being a gimmick. So I think, you know, for businesses that are early on the market and starting to build cool stuff, they really need to think, you know, how is that actually going to help the business? It's not enough just to build an AR app because it looks cool. Uh, if it has no practical use case, you know, people are not going to use it. It's not going to catch on. And I think that's really one of the main problems. A lot of, I can see a lot of really cool stuff happening, but not much, uh, you know, things that actually improve sales, for example, right? And I know that, you know, with Metaverse, for example, you're doing all these great virtual commerce. And, and that's amazing because that has a clear, you can clearly measure that someone who tried a watch on their wrist, instead of seeing a picture of it, they're more likely to buy it. So that's a clear use case. That's a clear, you know, that's a, a clear uh, KPI to show that actually AR can drive sales. And I think a lot more uh, businesses should um, take that as an example and start to see how it could actually, how it could actually help them just by you know actually implementing stuff that that works and that moves the needle for them it's really interesting you say that because you know we've done a lot of uh different things we we've made ar just for the sake of ar you know we did uh you know a marketing thing for the launch of hbo's westworld and we did a number of things like that but really when it comes down to it what what kind of drives us is looking for those those use cases that drive the needle in a defined way that solve a problem for example one of our, our products that uh 
you know, that we're, we're bringing to market is called Floorcast, and it allows people to pre-visualize what their new floors are going to look like. Because, you know, I'm going through this right now, my, my basement floor is being done. And, you know, uh, they brought carpet samples that were literally four inches by four inches and said, what color do you want? I'm like, I have no idea what it's going to look like in gray in my whole basement. Like, I just ordered gray carpet without knowing. And if we, you know, we have this app that does it, but, but I didn't have time to import gray carpet in there. So, you know, that's something I would have used just to be able to see what what does this look like in my basement or what is the the new hardwood going to look like in my floor? So really, and, and from a business standpoint, you know, that is not just solving a problem from a consumer standpoint, but from uh, a global distribution standpoint, you know, flooring companies, they sell through distributors and then retailers. And then a, you know, a guy coming over with a sample and measuring, you know, there's a lot of layers of value being kind of wasted through, uh, through something that could be done using an app and uh, you know an AR is a prime example of that another yeah, one yeah, yeah. another one is you know IKEA's place being able to see what furniture looks like beforehand i think these are great use cases uh, you you nailed it yeah yeah no it's, it's and it's funny what you mentioned about the uh, the flooring thing because you know like i said right right now they give you a sample which is kind of was us talking about this experiential marketing right they give you a sample for you to experience it but it's not it's not scalable it's not something you can distribute at scale and right now with ar they just give you an app they don't even have to come and meet you and give you the sample you can just do that digitally and then you know you can not only try this sample but i'm sure you've tried different colors and different textures and everything so it's just a more scalable way to do it and the person at this company um, you know flooring companies should start thinking what can i do you know how can I solve the problems that I have every day, which is traveling to clients and giving them samples and they're not quite sure. Well, it's, there's a pretty obvious use case here. So, and I think every company can find use cases like that related to VR and AR. I agree. So speaking of that, and what is the best business use case of XR technologies that you've seen so far? We are mostly focused on, on the B2C side and uh, I've seen some really interesting uh, social VR um, use cases where, but m mostly a really aimed at the at the enterprise, mostly around communication. So you know, running virtual meetings. Uh, you know, you can be uh, in this Zoom room with other people, but it's not quite the same as being able to actually share data together. Um, so there's the, there's a couple of apps. Uh, you know, Somnium Space is one of them. Glue is another one where you can literally uh, all be in the same room with your avatar. That's normal, basic, nothing, nothing crazy about that. But you can actually pull up tools and you can share screens and everyone can see your screen and everyone else's screen. And if you just think, you know, in the real world, if, you share, if I share my screen right now over Skype, uh, I won't see your face or vice versa. And someone else share their screen, it will take over mine. So only in a spatial environment can you see all these screens together and, you know, you can move them closer and you can actually draw and everyone sees it together. So I think communication, social, that is really going to be exciting, and um, companies that understood that, I think, will be will be able to build a business, massive business out of it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, the company Spatial. Um, right. You know, they yeah. they have basically created virtual avatars in mixed reality space and allowing you to bring in three D objects and virtual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-it notes and all of that. Yeah, no, their their interface was looking very good actually. Really beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I think this this is great. So I want to say thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast. And I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll wrap up. 
what problem in the world do you want to see solved using XR technologies? Well, that's a big, uh, big question to finish. I like it. Um, I think, you know, it's uh, obviously education. I mean, you know, how, how can we use the power of this technology, this immersion to, um, to help, you know, kids learn uh, in a better way and give them access to an education that they probably don't have. I think that would be top of my list. Very, very important. Uh, and then on maybe a less serious note is, you know, enabling creators creating. I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what we've built Admix for. Uh, definitely something that I'm very passionate about. I was a, a game publisher. I run my own studio before. And I know how hard it is to actually, you know, generate revenue for, from the content. Uh, and I think, you know, if we can help young people getting started, generate more revenue so that they can reinvest and build better companies and become successful that way, that's a, that's a really interesting and exciting mission to have. I love it. It's amazing. And I, I thought of a cool tagline for AdMix. AdMix, ads that work in XR. So That's pretty good. We One of our previous tagline, we tested different things, was uh, advertising that doesn't suck. So it's kind of along the same lines. <laughs> love it. So, you know, I, I really want to, you know, say thank you to, to you for joining. And, you know, one of the, the stats that kind of stood out in my head is, you know, that there's 400% increase in content being developed every single year. That is a staggering amount, four times as much content every year. And this is not going to slow down. This is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're in an industry that's going from kind of 10 billion last year to 200 billion in the next few years. And over the next five, six years, there's going to be a trillion dollars in value created in this industry. And I think it's it's interesting. You've kind of positioned yourself perfectly for this. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast was another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing businesses across every industry. You can learn more about Sam and AdMix by visiting admix.in, A-D-M-I-X.in. Thanks so much again, Sam. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. It was great.